Well, every one of us has a vocation of some sort. It's to do some of the Lord's work in some way or another. It's just finding out what that is. Some of you already have found it, and others may not even know they are doing it or even looking for it. So today we're going to try and shed some more light on this subject. A video by the Reverend Phil Summers. This is the third of three reflections looking at vocation or calling. What is it that God wants us to be? How does God want us to spend our time and our energies and our resources? This week we'll be looking at sharing what we know. We have a relationship with Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. How do we share that relationship with others? By the way we live, by the way we speak, by the conversations we have and the roles we play. Here's a reading from the book of Acts. Acts chapter 10 verses 39 to 43. We are witnesses to all that Jesus did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us, who were chosen by God as witnesses, and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. In that reading, the disciples describe themselves as witnesses. They have to bear evidence to who Jesus was and how he lived. And then they understand that they were called to preach to people, to make testimony, to let people know about what God had done through Jesus. And we give thanks to God for all those people in our lives who have borne witness to Jesus, who have shown us Jesus' ways by the words they speak and the lives they live, those people who have cared for us, opened the scriptures to us, led Bible studies for us, preached services to us, led us in worship and in prayer. The question for us is, how do we witness? And how is God calling us to share his love? Yes, by the way we live, by the care we give. But also, is God calling us to speak to one another, to family and friends, to the wider community, to lead Bible studies, to open our houses for fellowship groups, to offer to preach, to offer to lead worship, 
to be witnesses to the love God has poured out upon us in Jesus. I want us to consider how the Holy Spirit is moving in our lives this day to share the Word of God. Are we being called to speak and give witness to Him? Are we being called to speak, to preach, to lead worship, to witness to who He is in our lives? Lord God, we thank you for all the people who have served you as preachers and leaders of worship, of prayer and fellowship groups and Bible studies, who have worked for you by sharing, encouraging, questioning, helping and leading others to discover a deeper relationship with you. Lord, may I play my part fulfill my calling, and serve you in all I do. Amen. What do we want to do with our time, our energy and our resources? As Phil Summers says in our video today, thank you to Phil for allowing us to use the video and uh, from Gloucestershire. Um, Master's Circuit. I have to say that for some reason I had a rather narrow view of what a vocation was and I've grown to understand that it's a lot wider over time. In its broadest sense is within our Christian life anything that we feel drawn to, that we feel is serving the Lord and, and that in its general sense is literally anything. I think in the past, I've interpreted vocations within the churches, focusing, you know, just on leading worship and its surrounding work, ministry in the local church, maybe outside too. But for some reason, I've never thought of all the, the myriad things that go on as vocational. But of course, they are. So if you're a flower arranger, a tea and coffee server upper, a cleaner, a welcomer on the door, a musician, a steward, a Sunday school teacher or helper, a person that does the sound, a Zoom expert, all these and lots, lots more are vocations. You're doing them because you love the Lord and maybe have a skill or two in them. Hallelujah. Many thanks for all that goes on and to all those that devote their time. To be clear, you're doing it for the Lord, not the Methodist Church or the church council, or whatever. We might want to thank you from time to time, but it isn't the focus for our vocation. And Phil Summers says in his video, it's the way we live, the way we speak to others, the conversations we have, and by the roles we play. We've been asked to bear witness in our lives through all these, and to preach, give testimony about what God has done through Jesus. But so many have gone before us, even in, even in our churches here across the coastal section and wider afield. Um, so many of our lovely folk have now gone to glory. 
They cared for us. They helped and supported us. They loved us for who we were. They led us. They nurtured us. And they spoke and worked for Jesus through a myriad of activities, some of which we might not do now because time has moved on. Today, we might consider what we can now give as our vocational offering. Well, time and energy is a huge offering to care, to lead Bible studies, to open your home for a fellowship group, to preach and lead worship, offer to lead prayer at services, serve on church council, serve at circuit level, even district level. Do some Sunday school work with young ones. Vocation, when you come to think about it, is huge. So today, please seriously think about what you, you might like to do. I remember personally being involved in helping to start an evening fellowship group in my original home church where I used to live. It's still going now after more than 20 years. I suppose that's an example, but sustaining it and keeping it going is also a vocation. And there are those who have been doing that in the time that I haven't been there. John chapter 15, verses 1 to 9. The vine and the branches. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Amen. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And as we talk about fruit for a bit, I've got a few pieces of fruit here this morning. So take a look. They're all so very different. Different colours, different textures, different tastes. Um, and these are only a very small, small example. And it seems amazing that God has enabled fruit to be these weird shapes and colours and that they all taste so different. 
I once saw Reverend Steve Wilde, current chair of the Cornwall District, do a wonderful skit on using fruit to depict people in a pretend church called Fruit Street Methodist Church, where he depicted the stereotypical people you can get in church. Well, it was so funny that tears streamed down my face. I couldn't repeat the way he did it because it's the way you tell them. But I'm going to have a little go because humour is an essential tool in our armoury. So essentially, you start with an orange. So that'll be Miss Orange on the organ. Well, the grapefruits always sit on the back row. They're rather thick skinned. Bit sour tasting or tangy, depending on how you treat them. Well, just in front of them is Mr. and Mrs. Banana. Bit stuck up and superior. Then a couple of Kiwis from another country sitting in the middle, feeling a bit, bit anxious. Then we have two, two plums visiting. Well, they sat at the front of the church, hoping to get married there soon. Well, the apricots, the children at the front, are assembling, ready for a time together. Now, with a couple of tomatoes, known as love fruits, the Sunday school teachers looking after them. But we've got Mrs. Purr, the lovely Mrs. Purr. Of course, always sits at the back, always wants to do good and help. <laughs> then, of course, we've got our preacher today. It just happens to be Mr. Lemon. Well, this is an interesting church, isn't it? Full of the different fruits, is it? But of the spirit? Well, Mr. Lemon, the preacher, wants a particular hymn tune, but Miss, Miss Orange on the organ doesn't want that tune and decides to play another one. Well, I mean, the grapefruits only want traditional hymns anyway. So they complain to Mr. and Mrs. Banana, who totally agree. And, and together they, they criticise the decor of the church along, along with everything else in the church too. Meanwhile, the plums at the front are a bit dismayed. Have they really made the right cho choice of church to get married in? Well, the Kiwis all the way from the other side of the world are feeling a bit isolated because nobody has said hello to them yet. But Mrs. Purr comes over to say hello. But the little apricots at the front are making so much noise, the Kiwis can't hear. Mr. and Mrs. Banana try shushing, but it just adds to the overall noise level. Mr. Lemon tries to begin the service, but can't make himself heard. Well, what exactly is going on at Fruit Street Methodist Church? Well, you get the picture. I don't have to elaborate too much. Different fruits give us an insight as to how we can be. Our vocation, though, is to offer things that will build up the church, the church of God, and ourselves too. Sometimes, of course, we lose sight of that. So 
In our reading, it's interesting that Jesus chooses the imagery of the vine. In the Old Testament, the vine is sometimes used as a symbol of the Messiah, a sign of hope. And sometimes it's used as a metaphor for Israel when the people have been found lacking in terms of their godliness, when there is a need for a change. And what we read in, chapter, in John chapter 15 is full of hope, but making it clear that we need to change. It's hopeful because we are reminded that we are interconnected with the spirit of God through our relationship with Jesus. The words that spring to mind are love, fruitfulness, joy, abundance, connection and abiding with. I wonder what words come to your mind when you think of being connected through the Holy Spirit with Jesus. What do you think it means to abide with Jesus? If I play a, a word association game, I go from abide to live with. Then I think of home, then of rest, then of safety, to family, to friends and to love. To abide in Jesus is all of that and more. We're invited to abide in all that Jesus is. If we are to abide in all that Jesus is, then we will be fully alive. We are nourished with the same life-giving spirit. We are loved just as Jesus is loved by the creator. So what do you think are the abundant fruits of a life lived like this? Well, if, if we were to list them, they might be characteristics like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. As I mentioned, I've designated this vocation Sunday. It was um, um, something the Methodist Church put forward um, oh, four or five weeks ago, sort of in the Easter season. Um, but I've, well, we delayed it until now, really. And I think a vocation that is nourished in the life-giving spirit of God would have fruits like that list. Let's hear the list again. Love joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. However, words like calling and vocation can scare us sometimes. So I think of it like this. The primary call of a Christian is to follow Jesus. And the journey that emerges from that for each of us is our own unique vocation. And do you see your journey with Jesus as a vocation? Or do you think that vocations are just for ministers and nurses and teachers and, and the like? There's a story about a student who loses the watch he inherited from his granddad in his room. He cannot find it anywhere as the room is a mess. So he goes to his neighbor's room to look for it there, as it is easier to find things in a tidy room. His teacher passes by and asks him, why are you looking for something where it is not? Do we sometimes look for a sense of vocation where it is not? The Bible reading today suggests that the abundant fruit will grow 
where we are most connected to the vine. So on Vocation Sunday, I wonder what happens if we look at where our life is bearing fruit and ask, could this be evidence of my vocation? Pause a minute and ask yourself, where in life at the moment are signs of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control? The Bible reading also speaks some tough words about us needing to change, to be pruned. A bit like our Fruit Street Methodist Church that we just touched base with. It might be that things that were once bearing abundant fruit, that were once our vocation, are not anymore. In fact, things can change. It's a dynamic thing. It's not static or held to be something that is valid for all time. Sometimes things have to be pruned in order to give new life. It's a fact. Like in our garden, some things will in fact get so straggly and unkempt if we don't cut it down. A good prune makes things grow a lot better. It's hard, but necessary. So it may be time for a change. The moment may have arrived to make a decision to, oh, I don't know, offer to be a treasurer or a, a door welcomer or a coffee server or a steward or a rep to circuit or district or or to stop doing something you've done for ages and let somebody else take over or offer to do something that you know you are good at or could do more with so our god is a god of love and a god of invitation god waits patiently in our lives as we work out our vocations individually and as a community God is waiting, but God isn't waiting like the, you know, like the vacuum packed grapes in the supermarket, waiting for us to open the packet and let the fruit out. God is waiting and is active. So the invitation is to look, to notice where God is at work, where there is evidence of the fruit of God's spirit. That's where we join in. Finally, there could be preachers, teachers and leaders amongst us too. So I'll leave you with these words from Romans 12. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in, in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching. The exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. So may we consider what our vocation is personally and what our vocation is together as a community. May we be open to the Holy Spirit today. Offer to help, be a part of something old or new and use your God-given skills to further the message of the good news. Together we journey on. Amen.
in this podcast is adapted from recorded Zoom services held by Teambridge Methodist Circuit Coastal Section. Full videos can be viewed on their YouTube channel. Music is taken from worship audio tracks, all rights reserved.